You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Before we get started today, I wanted to make a quick announcement about a live game I'll be streaming this Saturday, May 21st at 2 p.m. Central Time over at twitch.tv slash trivialitymat. All you'll need is the TrivNow app. Uh, for more information, check it out at The Crop and Triviality on our Facebook page. Thanks. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Jeff and Ken. How are you both today? Good morning. Not bad. Good morning to you. Uh, it is a brisk 6 a.m. Our earliest, our earliest recording we've ever done. Do you know where you are right now, Neil? <laughs> I don't know. We're uh, we're like five miles outside of Alabama. Is that right? Ken Ken does not operate we are at not, six. A.m. We are not five miles. Oh, maybe our maybe, maybe our guest will, maybe our guest we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you know who's not here though at six a.m. is Matt. Matt, not here at six a.m. Not here at eleven. He is not. I heard that uh, he wanted to join the staff of Southwest Airlines to be a, a flight attendant. Uh, because we know how much he loves uh, serving dealing coffee. with serving coffee and dealing with unruly <laughs> customers. So good luck to Matt uh, when he flies the friendly skies. Our sponsor so, today. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I was to say that's United's tagline anyway. So I think oh, you guys it? got okay. your sponsorships mixed up. Well, uh, Neil and I were at a wedding last night. So we were. Congratulations to David and Kendall, our friends who got hitched. Congratulations to them. Nice. Yeah. So we're in, we're in a fugue state today. We are. Yeah. We were actually in a in a refurbished. Chicago Firehouse. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and they had a pole, and apparently the bride and groom are the only ones, if they request it, that can slide down the pole. And I guess they did a trial they run; it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not sliding down this thing. Yeah, I would slide down the pole. I would grease that pole. Oh, I would too. Yeah, grease the pole, Neil. <laughs> that's like Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I'm sign sign. Grease the grease put, the pole. Put the grease on the pole, Neil. I like grease on my pole. Um, I could tell you as a kid who had a, a fire pole as part of his like swing set jungle gym that my dad built. You'd definitely go down the pole. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I would not go down fast because my hands are so clammy. I basically would just get stuck to the pole now. So. That's also why you're really good at exotic dancing, too. Yes. Uh, well, we have some secret s- superpower. <laughs> clammy hands. <laughs> like, uh, what's that old cartoon with the um, the superheroes, like the brothers uh, or the brother and sister? Wonder Twins? Yes. Where they did like the fun anime. It'd be like Jeff, like activate. Wonder, Wonder Twins as strippers. Yeah, like activate exotic dancing. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing. I never realized that those actual poles spun. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that the the they were just spinning around the pole, but no, this the actual pole spins. Right. Oh. Yeah, you yeah. got to have a good grip. It's like bearings in it. Because I, I was wondering why that no one ever had like their uh, calluses and like skin broken on their hand from, from that. Yeah, but that makes sense though. They're incredible athletes, whoever does a good right, enough answer. of that. Yes. <laughs> enough about polls. All right. Well, we have some special guests here. We do not know. We can't confirm nor deny if they also are good at exotic dancing, but uh, we're excited to introduce them. Uh, we mentioned five miles from Alabama because our first guest is coming to us from Pensacola, Florida, uh, and uh, they are an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon. We're super excited to have them here. Colin Forehand, how are you today? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um. As you said, I live in Pensacola, Florida, technically a really small town outside of it. I am currently a substitute teacher and hopefully going full-time teaching next year. Oh, me too. Oh, nice. I'm going to be sixth grade history. Nice. nice. Oh, I nice. won't be a full-time teacher next year, but maybe eventually. Oh. <laughs> so you're, you're oh. like the cool history teacher then, or you will be? I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll find out by the end of this cast. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, Colin. Uh, happy to have you here. Uh, and we have uh, someone to ask the questions today that put together uh, a wonderful game that we're excited to play. Uh, coming to us from Natick, Massachusetts, uh, not a robot on Patreon. That is Jamie Rishikoff. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I live in Natick. Um, my favorite pop culture moment for Natick was in an early episode of A Family Guy. When they suffer the apocalypse, they walk to Natick to find the hostess factory for Twinkies, which would survive the apocalypse. Oh, is it there? <laughs> That's where it is. Okay. Uh, I'm a psychologist most of the time. I enjoy trivia. And when I'm not doing those, um, I like to play ice hockey. Nice. Well, uh, I'm guessing you've probably heard uh, many hours of us speaking, uh, being on our show today. So what is wrong with us? <laughs> the, the big, the million dollar question. Ken, this show is only an hour. Oh, right. Okay. Do you, do you want that alphabetically, that. chronologically? <laughs> Pathologically? Um, no, that's great. Um, we're glad to have uh, both of you guys on the show. So I think I'll be uh, teaming up with Colin today. Uh, Jamie will be presenting our questions. So Colin, you went to a school that uh, went viral briefly. Is that correct? That is correct. I attended the University of Florida in the late 2000s. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to refer to that. And uh, during a guest speaker public present presentation, someone became unruly and uh, spoke very loudly that he did not wish to be tased. Ah, the don't tase me bro video, right? So uh, our it. team name today is going to be don't shrink me bro. In honor of Jamie. <laughs> In honor of Jamie. Um, and we're going to go along that same track. Uh, and we're going to be Freud and Furious. Sounds good. The, uh, the cinematic universe we're all clamoring for. And a lot, a lot <laughs> could be said about Freud, you know, good and bad. Right. But the man had a good beard, right? Uh, he did. My question for Jamie's... Freud and Furious is, uh, are all the cars shaped like members? <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Were you going to say Jamie also has a... Jamie I mean, also has a wonderful beard. Really <laughs> nice beard. It's a little bit longer than the rest of it, which is a little bit Freudian. <laughs> I think it looks great. It does look great. Uh, well, uh, Jamie, you're the host today. Any preference on who you would like the rules read to be from? Um, I believe you have a foreign language one that you play sometimes. Ah, yes. Yes. The Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. All right. Let's go Dutch. Dutch. De regels van het spel zijn simpel. 20 vragen verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend. En hebben ze de mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. Aan het eind van het spel wordt iemand benoemd tot the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Thank you, Willem, for that wonderful rules read. Uh, and apologies to everyone of Natick. I think I said Natick at the beginning because we were talking and having so much fun before we recorded that uh, I forgot how to say it and I just went with my gut. But Natick or Natick? Natick. Oh, Natick. Natick. So it's apologies to Natick and the Hostess Factory. All right, Jamie, uh, take it away. We are ready for question one. All right. So round one is known as Be Gentle. It's my first time because it is my first time. And question one, living the dream. Who was the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice? First in 1998 and then again in 2019. I do like your guess. And do you think they maybe inducted solo and... And with the, the band, yeah. And with the band? Okay. That's, that's my thought. All right. Let's lock that in. I, my guess would be Joan Jett, but I'm not sure at all. Joan Jett would be my... Maybe my second choice, and my first choice would maybe be Stevie Nicks, oh, also would... a prolific uh, solo career along with uh, a rock band. So, which which of those two do you like more? I like yours better, Stevie Nicks. All right, we'll go with Stevie Nicks. Could be Joan Jett though, equally. Yeah, we too hope we're on the edge of points. We said Stevie Nicks. Uh, points for both teams: Stevie Nicks with Fleetwood Mac in '98, and then solo work uh, in 2019. Well done, guys. Cool. Awesome. Good start, guys. And probably a TikTok award for all the ocean spray videos using <laughs> her music. I hope she gets a piece of that. I hope so, too. Uh, question two. What do you want to do tonight? The earliest known publicly demonstrated electronic game was created in 1950. Birdie the Brain was an arcade game built by Joseph Cates for the 1950 Canadian National Exhibition. 
What more familiar non-video game was it based on? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we have a, a not great guess, but we're going to lock it in. All right, so we're looking for a non-video game game that Birdie the Brain was emulating. Um, what do you what do you think right off the bat here? Was it Birdie, like B-I-R-D-I-E, or Bertie? B-E-R-T-I-E is okay. the spelling I have. What do you think, Birdie? Was the original Angry Birds? I thought Actually, it was you just loaded up a bird, and the electronic part was that they had like shock collars. When yeah. I first heard it, I thought it was Bernie the Brain, so it was like, "Thank you for playing my All game." All right, we, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> One percent of the games. Um, Let I, me tell you about <laughs> unions. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe something like chess, checkers, or like twenty questions, or something like that. Because like you know you have things like um, like online twenty questions answerers and stuff, mm -hmm. which are pretty cool. But that would have to have a huge database of information backing it up. So there are more potential chess moves in a game of chess than atoms in our solar system. Great. <laughs> well, what about checkers what do you think about checkers sure let's go with it that's a good guess we didn't even think about chess and checkers which makes kind of a lot of sense um i just was trying to think of something that might be analog that when it was moved to a digital platform would have been kind of wowing and we just thought maybe it was like a magic eight ball but a hmm. game version so you guys are on the right track with like simplistic strategy games but it's actually based on tic-tac-toe oh, oh. Yeah, that would be simpler than checkers, wouldn't it? It would. And just like tic-tac-toe, two X's on our score sheet here. <laughs> uh, question three. Greetings. Uh, what did Alexander Graham Bell, the Scottish-born innovator credited with patenting the first commercial telephone, originally suggest as the standard greeting when answering the telephone? Hint, this was referenced on The Simpsons. Neil, I believe we can lock in. I trust you. Yeah, I did not need the hint because I already knew it because of The Simpsons. Um, I think it's Ahoy Ahoy, right? That's what I have too. Or Ahoy. We too said Ahoy. Uh, I would have accepted both answers. And 100%, I also only know that because of The Simpsons. <laughs> Neil, do you know which character answers the phone like that? On The Simpsons? Yeah. Ahoy Ahoy at the groundskeeper? Nope. It's uh, Mr. Burns because he's so old. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> All right, question four. Let's get busy. Coined in the 1960s, hyperkinetic disorder was the first name for a disorder that is better known by what name today? All right, I like what you wrote down, Jeff, uh, and you wrote it in a very kinetic fashion, so let's lock it in. Any initial thoughts here, Colin? My first thought was probably ADHD. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, uh, either ADHD or ADD. I would lean towards ADHD just because... That has hyperactive in the yeah. name, right? Oh, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, we two said ADHD. Points all around. Well done. I was leaning a little into my profession on that one. Oh, we like that. Yeah, lean in as much as you want. Yeah, we like to get a lot of different uh, different angles, different perspectives on the show. Yeah. Because we're just a bunch of idiots here. So and we're trying to change. <laughs> so that's why we're happy you're here. Uh, question five. Put up your dukes. Referenced in both the movie 2001 and Futurama, what was the first song sung by a computer? I was just going to ask this question. Are you serious? Yeah. Darn it. Another question. So we're locked. We're locked in. Futurama. I'm rewatching Futurama right now. I'm trying to think what Hell 9000 would sing um, that would be kind of creepy and. Now you've seen the film, right? Yeah. You just can't remember. What I just can't remember. I don't know. Is it like What a Wonderful World or. What a wonderful world, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm out of my depth on this one. Okay. All right, so I distinctly remember uh, Hal singing Daisy, Daisy, and then it slows down. So I think that song's called Bicycle Built for Two. Would that be? Oh, there's a Futurama episode called A Biclops Built for Two. And then Put Up Your Dukes, like Daisy Duke. That would. Yeah, yeah. So that song. Uh, so you got the right lyrics, but uh, the song title I have is actually Daisy Bell. Okay. So what, what, what's your judgment? What's the judgment here? Um, I'll give you guys the points then, because you knew the song. Okay. And uh, it is absolutely the first song Hal learns. So as his chips are being pulled out in 2001, it's the last thing he does as he's winding down. Right. Because his memories are going backwards. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 1961, an IBM 7094 was the first computer to sing, and that was the song. And the episode of Futurama is at one point Bender falls in love with the AI of the ship. Right. And they are dancing together while he sings that to her. Right. Oh, that's funny. Well, uh, after five questions, it looks like Freud and Furious uh, have 30 points, but in a slight lead, don't shrink me, bro, with 40. All right. Question six. Uh, Come on, get happy. Wellbutrin, the common medication for both depression and anxiety, was first described to help people with a different affliction. When subjects were interviewed about other effects they might have noticed after taking it, several noted their mood improving, and then the prescription became a treatment for depression and anxiety after that. I have a guess. Um, and what's your guess? Because all I'm bringing to this is, come on, get happy from the Brady Bunch. So I don't know if there's anything to do with the Brady Bunch. Yeah, so uh, Neil and I are going to lock in with what we think might be a good guess. Okay. Colin, I don't really know on this one, to be honest, so we can just uh, take a stab at it and see what happens. Yeah, I'm at a complete loss, so. Let's say that it was meant to cure tinnitus. That would be great. If they could find a cure for that, I would be thrilled. Oh, yeah, they don't have anything. (laughs) That's a terrible answer. All right, well, it's too late now. Uh, Too late to turn back. (laughs) We guessed uh, high blood pressure. Uh, I think you're right. There is no known cure for tinnitus, unfortunately. Um, well, butrin was originally for quitting nicotine and smoking. Oh, oh okay. Huh. Question seven. Hey, Mr. Spaceman. Yuri Gagarin was famous for being the first man in space. Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon. What was Alexei Leonov, the first man to achieve in space? Okay. Yeah, actually, I'm okay with that. Let's go with that. Okay. All right. We uh, have an answer, and we're going to lock it in. Cool. Colin, does the name ring a bell? It sounds familiar, but I don't know exactly. I have a guess. What would your guess be? uh, First man to orbit the Earth? I'm trying to remember if um, that might have been Alan Shepard who did that. Um, I was thinking maybe a spacewalk, but I'm good with... I'm good with either answer, to be honest. Yeah, I'm fine with spacewalk. All right, we'll go with spacewalk. That's a that's a good guess. That is a really good guess. Uh, I just kind of leaned on but my... you know the first man to moonwalk, though? It wasn't Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, it was Neil Armstrong. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> um, wasn't James Brown? <laughs> yeah, James Brown, and there actually was like a little kid who had the dance move. I think that James Brown took it from, too. I'd have to do some more research on that, but I know it was. Uh, they have like a really old video of it. Sorry uh, for derailing the... No, that's okay. Uh, so I leaned on um, my knowledge of NSYNC, uh, which always helps science questions, apparently. I don't think this is even right, but I know that Lance Bass, for a long time, was sort of the first um, big star that was going to go into space privately. But when I heard the name, I thought maybe there was like a Russian oligarch who had a lot of money and convinced someone to let him as the first private citizen to go into space. So that's what we said. So that'll be points to don't tase me um don't shrink me bro sorry cool uh he was the first spacewalk uh question eight everything in this world is magic except the magician what was the first movie to use cgi hint it was based on a book and later rebooted into a tv show bonus question what was the first movie to use 3d cgi hint that was a sequel to the first movie. And at the time when that, oh, when that came out, it was kind of... Interesting. I always think of it as more practical effects, but I could see that maybe there was some oh, CGI in there. I like I, I like that. Okay. And I would have never pulled that on my own in a million years. So. All right. So it sounds like you guys are locked in with an answer. Two we are, answers? We are locked in with the bonus and the regular question. All right. Do you, do you have any impressions on this one? Because I'm a little lost. I thought about it a lot, but... Like the only thing I can think about is Wizard of Oz, which is way too early. But um... all right, so I'm thinking the movie has to be like early '70s, and I just I cannot come up with anything. I think we got to tap on this one and just uh, find out what it is. Well, I mean, early '70s joke answer of Godfather. It's based on a book. Is there sure. a show? Yeah, Godfather and Godfather Two. The big, uh, the big dinosaur scene in Godfather Two with the three D yeah. CGI, and there's a TV show called The Offer uh, just released now about oh, yeah. the Godfather. So, 
I totally knew that when I said it. <laughs> I, I believe you. Um, Miles Teller. Miles Teller, yeah, and Juno yeah, Temple. Teller. Yeah, mm-hmm. Miles Teller. Yeah. Okay, so um, we were trying to think of movies that had uh, groundbreaking CGI. We knew that Jurassic Park did it, um, but we knew that that was pretty late. Um, but we were trying to think of Spielberg there, and we know Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. And he also wrote Westworld, which was a TV show that was out recently. And it was a movie with um, James Brolin. Had a lot of effects in it. So we, we said Westworld for the main answer, but uh, we can't come up with the answer of the sequel to Westworld. So we'll just say um, Theme Park World. And I think we're just tapping on this one. All right. So points for the first part for um, Freud and the Furious. Uh, Westworld, 1973, first movie to use 2D CGI. And then uh, the sequel in 1976 was Future World. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> easier, easier name. The uh, the hint was in the title of the question. Everything in this world is magic except to the magician. That's a line from the TV show. I loved the first season. I didn't get a chance to really watch the uh, subsequent ones where they had Samurai World and whatnot, which sounded really cool. I don't. Did they ever go that far? I know they like show it into like they discover that the other worlds exist. But... I think they do because they uh, actually go into those other worlds. It's, do they? It's pretty interesting. I didn't spend any time on after that, so I got to go back to it. Question nine. And now a word from our sponsors. What product was the first television commercial advertised? Historically, it was a company that emphasized investing in advertising. First in 1931, that company launched a million-dollar campaign despite it being during the Great Depression. And in July of 1941... The company made history by airing the first television commercial. Well, while we're talking about sponsors, I'd like to thank all of our patrons for making this oh, show good possible. Transition. Good so, transition. So smooth. So what? All right. So now that we're on it, what? Uh, for what can they get? For a for a small monthly contribution, you can get access to all of our bonus content, bonus episodes, including our well well received crop drops i mm-hmm. think we don't hear much feedback so <laughs> um and uh, many other things so if you are interested in supporting the show financially uh directly for a low low monthly fee um just check it out patreon.com slash triviality podcast very good we would be forever grateful very yeah good. join jamie and colin you see we dr- we dropped the we dropped the spot on you so you couldn't skip it people oh that's, in a that's random true. spot <laughs> we're just gonna drop it in random spots from now on we're very elusive with our our mini ads here uh, yeah, I, I know I've seen this before. I can picture it. I've seen a picture of the commercial, but uh, does one of these make sense possibly? Yeah, I think that they'd want to advertise. So. Oh, okay. Um, well, first off, I thought it was going to be a Southwest Airlines question just because it's official sponsor this week. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> I think it's a watch company. I can't remember oh, which really? one. Um, I like, I don't think Rolex, but I remember reading watches. this at some point. Yeah. Oh, interesting like omega or or as daniel craig says it omega, omega. Mm. which is how i prefer way. to say it as well time timex i think it was like um brightling or something like that okay if, you, I don't if remember. you have a hunch on this one we can go with it just because i was thinking like cigarettes or like <laughs> folgers coffee or something richard branson has a brightling that he can use if he gets lost anywhere in the world for the coast guard to come find him so oh. he said the company puts emphasis on advertising, so probably a company that's like known for their advertisements. So maybe it is Rolex because they have the they have the best ads, probably. Yeah, that's the only ones I've seen, like that I've noticed. So. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with Rolex. So normally I don't trust my gut, uh, and and it's right sometimes. But I I initially thought it was watches, uh, just like Colin said, because I, I I can picture the ad. I think it had like a moving hand. And it was, it was like ticking or something like that. And so I wrote watches. Jeff wrote De Beers. And I just wasn't confident on watches. And I thought, you know, what was big in the 50s that still has a lot of money pumped into it? And we thought cigarettes. So we just said Philip Morris. Um, so good instincts, but no points. Uh, it was a watch company. Uh, it was Belova Watch Company. Belova. Um, so in 1941, it was a baseball game between the Dodgers and the Phillies. And then they just had like a clock on the screen for 10 seconds, and it said America runs on Belova time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Duncan. And Duncan. So we got Ben Affleck running around with J-Lo, just got engaged, wearing his Belova watch, drinking Duncan. Uh, last question for round one. Ad hominid. On Wednesday, June 7, 
2017, the oldest known remains of modern Homo sapien humans were found. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, and if you want me to put it in the chat, I will. They were found at the Jebel Irhud site in what country? Just based on the name and just general, kind of what I know about that stuff. Yeah, let's go with your gut. Okay, I don't know if it's right, but... Well, initial thoughts, I was probably Northern Africa, just because I first Homo sapiens out of Africa, and then Arabic, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking that has a sort of Arabic ring to it as well, or, you know, some form. I was thinking maybe Iraq due to the, like, Fertile Crescent and the the that's kind of considered the the main birthplace of humanity around that area so i would I, mean, I would maybe go with iraq but if you want to go with uh, another location like egypt or somewhere in north you know yeah because in the fertile crescent i know it's a lot like five thousand bc and onward mm-hmm. a lot of like the but i don't have a specific guess for africa so yeah iraq I'll go with iraq okay all right um yeah we we just tried to stick with Central Africa because we think that's where uh, modern humans come from and picked a country in that area that would speak Arabic. And we said Ethiopia. Uh, so no points on that one. They were actually in Morocco. Okay. Ah, Northern Africa. So we, we, yeah, you we were, yeah, you were right, right with, uh, on the right track right with Northern right Africa. Track. Well, we're pretty close together here with the scores. Looks like uh, Freud and Furious are at 40. And Don't Shrink Me, Bro, still ahead by 10 with 50. Cool. All right, for the swing round, uh, it's called Pop Quiz Hot Shot. It's dedicated to my son who helped me write this quiz. Uh, we'll be matching sodas with places of origin, which might be either a country or a U.S. state. Five points for each correct match. Very cool. I'll list off the sodas first and then the locations when you okay. guys are ready. Sounds good. Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Schweppes, Root Beer, 7-Up, Mountain Dew, Orange Crush, Mellow Yellow. Locations, Switzerland, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Australia, Missouri, Georgia, Texas, Germany, North Carolina, California. All right, we'll ponder these locations and sodas and be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And we are all locked in with our answers. Back to Jamie for the sodas once more. All right. So I will list the sodas, I guess, and you guys can tell me what you each answered, starting with uh, Dr. Pepper. We uh, thought that maybe Dr. Pepper came from Texas. Yeah, I think their headquarters is in Waco or something. Yeah, I didn't know, but Colin confidently said. Texas. Uh, That's right for both teams, and it is indeed Waco, Texas. Uh, Number two, Pepsi. 
Uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler for a future answer, but we were 100% sure that uh, Coca-Cola was from Georgia. We thought maybe there's some uh, southern-northern rivalry, and we said Pepsi maybe came from North Carolina. And we said Pennsylvania for this one. Uh, that's points for Freud, Freud and Furious, uh, New Bern, North Carolina. Uh, Coca-Cola. Yeah, as uh, Neil said, pretty sure this was Georgia. Uh, correct for both teams, Atlanta, Georgia. Sprite? Uh, Sprite uh, in the other room, Jeff was doing a German accent, and he said, it sounds really good in German, so we said Germany. And for this one, we put California for essentially no reason, except we wanted to split up 7-Up uh, and Sprite into uh, foreign and domestic. Uh, I kind of want to hear it in the accent, but it is from Germany. Nice, nice German. Can't I can't say it was great, but <laughs> it sounded reasonable. So, Next up, number five, Schweppes. And for that one, we thought Switzerland. Yeah, we too thought this sounded uh, Swiss. Right for both teams, Switzerland. And we, we were having a debate. Are there mo mountains on the Schweppes bottle? What's the logo? Ooh, there oh, might be. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Is it like a bear hidden in the mountain or something yeah, too? Yeah, 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 right. All right, what's number six? Uh, number six is root beer. Uh, we put Missouri because root beer kind of evokes the Old West maybe. Yeah sarsaparilla oh the old sarsaparilla uh yeah we this was one of our that last ones California. yeah it's one of our last ones to figure <laughs> out and so all we had left was pennsylvania so that's what we went with well, process of elimination worked for you it is pennsylvania uh next up seven up uh for this one we said australia all right quick neil story time here uh the uh, only okay. time i got in trouble uh in high school uh i was uh in the library helping out uh part-time or whatever during a free period and I had a T-shirt from the, that famous commercial, if you remember, Make 7-Up Yours. And the T-shirt had the 7-Up logo on the front. On the back, it said, uh, it said Up Yours. So it was Make 7 and then Up Yours. Anyway, the librarian was very offended one day. and uh, Big made, trouble. Made me go to Mr. Lahotsky, which I'd, I didn't even meet him because I never went to the principal's office. Good kid. And he's like, he's like, hey, I really like this shirt. It's a funny joke. I know the commercial. But if she's upset, you got to take it off. Yeah, turn it inside out. So I was shirtless the rest of the day. Shirtless? Yeah, no. <laughs> I had to take it off, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, I saw I thought he was too busy making 7-Up his. And, yeah, uh, right. Uh, but no, we said 7-Up, uh, maybe it was from Missouri. Yeah, that's right. St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, next was Mountain Dew. We were pretty sure this was Tennessee. And I could be wrong, but we had some sort of image of the original Mountain Dew in bottles with like a Southern character or caricature or something, cartoon. So we said Tennessee as well. Points for both teams, Tennessee. Uh, Orange Crush. Uh, for this one, we said Germany. Uh, and this one, uh, thanks to, uh, was it uh, Red, or not Red Hot Chili Peppers? R.E.M. R.E.M., thank you. In uh, Rock Band. Uh, we don't think they're from Australia, but we thought Orange Crush is. I we, feel like we're going to be crushed by these. this we, correct answer. We stayed away from Germany on this one because Fanta, I know, is from Germany. So, mm, Actually, both teams were crushed this time. Orange Crush comes from L.A., California. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, last one, Mellow Yellow. Uh, by process of elimination, we said North Carolina. Yeah, I thought for sure if you're going to be mellow, you'd be on California. But what do we put? Uh, we we did what we, we put we put yeah. California. Which thanks, we know we're wrong. Thanks to uh, Cole Trickle from Days of Thunder, Mellow Yellow. So Mellow Yellow actually comes from Australia. All right, after the swing round, it looks like there's a lead change here. Uh, don't shrink me, bro. Uh, only picking up 20 points in the swing round here. Only bring, only 20 points. That's a, that's pretty good though. Uh, bringing their total to 70. And uh, with eight correct answers and 40 extra bonus points here in the swing round, Freud and Furious bring their total to 80. So now we are ahead by 10. Neil, always coming through in the swing round. I'll tell you. That's my only good round, really. So that's why I have to hang my hat on. I, I know a lot about soda, unfortunately. Well, luckily, my best round is round two. So let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed the pop quiz because this is pop quiz again, hotshot more about soda. And because we're doing soft drinks again, I'm going to say we may or may not have some of the same sodas as answers. No commitment Ooh. either way. All right. Question one for round two. King of beverages. What is the oldest major national soft drink in the U.S.? Uh, Neil and I think we're onto something here and we're going to lock in. Okay. Colin, if it was the king of sodas or the king of beverages, would that be Royal Crown? That's kind of what I was leaning towards. but And I think I remember it being like really, really early, that one. So, Yeah, I think it, Dr. Pepper and Coke are all 
fairly close together, but yeah. But Doctor Pepper's a doctor, but he's not a yeah. not quite a king. No, he's not quite majestic enough. All right, we'll go with Royal Crown. Yeah, um, my third option when I say Pepsi or Coke, we said Royal Crown. I kind of like RC the best. Are you okay, uh, so it sir? actually is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that is Doctor Pepper. They've oh, been no, around I... since 1885. Oh wow! So the he is the king. He is the king. Yeah. And the doctor. Uh, question two. Hey, big guy, how you holding up? You want a soda? Where does the word soda come from? I've heard that phrase before outside of the roller rink. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Neil story that he's repressed. <laughs> well, now that Jamie's there, I, it's oh, all coming out it's now. It's all coming out. I'm you taking notes, me. guys. You unzip me. <laughs> Uh, it's a really nice conversion van, though. Uh, Jeff uh, <laughs> had a unicorn on the side. Jeff, do you know where the term soda comes from? Uh, I Yes, I believe so. I know there's like a soda jerk. But do we need to go another step further? Bake to baking soda? or <clears throat> That's what the first thing that I thought of was baking soda, but I don't know the origin or where it came from. Maybe Maybe let's say soda jerk. I don't know. So I don't jerk. know how how far we need to go. That's like a, you, you know what I'm talking about. They're not really not jerks. No, they're nice. I wish we had places that had soda jerks. Like you got walk in there, like clean the table. They're like, how you doing? You know. That's just a term for the person who serves the soda. I thought so. Pretty like, much. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. What's your answer, guys? I went and had a frozen custard the other night, and the the guy was exactly what I would have thought of for like a 1950s soda. He was wearing the paper hat. No, not at all. But he uh, he was very lively, and uh, he seemed to have a good time, and uh, he was very funny, and I was, I appreciated that. So like Pleasantville, soda Walking. jerk was a pun on soda clerk. Oh, ah. so there's hmm. one one person who was just. <laughs> and they're like, yo, yeah, soda clerk, more like soda jerk. And then everybody starts saying it was Costanza. Yeah, and he go, and I slept with your wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, we think it comes There's from There's a place that still has soda jerks. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah, in um Philadelphia. No, yeah, Philadelphia, I think, has it. Nice. Oh, I gotta check that out. Maybe uh and it's like it's very old fashioned, a lot of fun. I'd love and to go to not like, an old shop. Yeah, I would love to see that. Maybe our, our listener Kiana, who's been on a, a bunch of episodes, maybe take some pictures and send them to us because until we can get there. Yeah, I just want to go to an old school malt shop and and share a malt with Neil with two straws and. <laughs> I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> what did we put for soda? And I don't then know. I'll come up to the table and I'll say, "Hey, you, you're you my your, density. Get your damn hands off, off of, of Jeff. Him. <laughs> <Yeah>. Milk." <laughs> Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> All right. So you said bicarbonate? Yeah, we said bicarbonate of soda. Like sodium bicarbonate? No, I believe. I mean, right, it might well, be baking soda, well, but said we said bicarbonate. A, a bicarbonate of soda. Okay. Um, it, soda comes from sodium salts, actually. Okay. The salts reduce the acidity in the soda. Uh, question three. Fizz fizz. In the late 18th century, Joseph Priestley created the first drinkable man-made carbonated water. His process was then further developed by into a more practical process by what German Swiss jeweler who became known as the father of soda. All right. So we wrote down some ideas, but then we remembered Jamie's clue that possibly some of the answers from the swing round could be showing up again. And one of them kind of made sense to us. So we're going to lock it in. Yeah. I agree with their sentiment that there might be a clue here. Um, he said Swiss and um, Schweppes is Swiss. Yep. Would you agree so far? I would I, agree. I also remember seeing like on the, the Schweppes cans as like established 17 something or other. And I'm like, holy <laughs> I can't believe carbonated water came around that early. So led me to doing some research and it's true. Um, so you want to say Schweppes? Yeah. We agree. We also went with Schweppes. Yeah, you guys caught that right. Jacob Schwepp was uh, the German Swiss jeweler. Question four, settle down, people. What soft drink was originally named Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda, containing mm. lithium citrate, mm. a <laughs> containing lithium citrate, a mood st stabilizer, until 1948 as an ingredient. Its name was later altered to a more commonly known name today. All right, Jeff, you wrote down an answer that 
I think is pretty good. I miss the good old days when we got lithium and cocaine and sodas. All right. So we got lemon lime. So mm-hmm. our options are probably Sprite, 7-Up. Mellow Yellow. Mellow Yellow. Sierra Mist. Sierra Mist. Not, not Sierra Mist. That came about later, right? Technically Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, so which one, do you remember which one was which here? <clears throat> Mellow Yellow was Australia. Uh, I kind of like Sprite for this one. I mean, that, could, that was from Germany, right? Yeah. So could this be German? The name is really boring, so yep. possibly. Yeah. Very literal. Very, uh, yeah. very literal. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Yeah, let's do that then. Let's do Sprite. Okay. Um, I thought that maybe it would describe the feeling uh, being up. We said 7-Up. Yeah, that's points for Freud and Furious. It is 7-Up. Oh. <laughs> uh, question five. The Great National Temperance Beverage. In 1985, Coca-Cola released a version of their signature drink with a yellow cap. What did that yellow cap signify? For a bonus, what ingredient shift was made to create that special version? So I think that's too late for the removal of cocaine. Oh, yeah. It was the 80s. <laughs> they put it back they in back for in. the 80s. <laughs> I remember seeing this bottle at the Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta. Um, they have a, a huge museum there that's really Neil's cool. been everywhere. Yeah, Neil's been everywhere. <laughs> I, I have to like Coke, though. It's where I was born. Um, so uh, I've seen it before. In but a puddle of Coke. I was born, where you were born. <laughs> I was born in a, in a puddle of Coke. Um, <laughs> like, uh, what's his name? Um, Skarsgård from uh, um, Dune when he comes out of the yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever his character, I haven't seen Dune, but from the trailers, whenever he comes you still out, still haven't seen Dune. The Baron, it's pretty the good. Baron, yeah. Um, I like your answer, Jeff, that you wrote down. Uh, initially, I was thinking more flavor because of the color, but it does make sense that the the eighties maybe they would have manufactured something to go along those lines. Um, so you want to just go with that then? I feel like the color makes sense for some reason. I I think so too, because that this is all I was going to write down, but I just feel like that's too simple. So, let's go with your answer. Okay. I feel like the yellow cap, it comes out for Passover, I thought, but I don't know what they would take out. Ooh. Um, Is corn not kosher? Or I don't think there's any corn in it, right? Corn syrup. Oh, corn syrup. <laughs> oh, there's definitely oh, corn. There's corn. <laughs> yeah, lots of that. Oh, it's a very corny beverage. <laughs> Is that yeah, our... yeah, yeah. Let's say it's it's natural sugar Coke and no corn syrup. Is that our new mm-hmm. challenge, by the way? Like, should we take a glass of Coke, put a, a stalk of corn in there, and like stir it and then drink it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I corn. I don't think Coke. that would do much. <laughs> All right, so let's let's say that. I I, I okay. do like that. I don't know why corn wouldn't be kosher, but maybe maybe. I thought that I remember that uh, Diet Pepsi for sure came in like a silver can, and I think Diet Caffeine Free came in a gold can. So we're gonna guess that this was caffeine free Coke. All right, so Colin had it right on both counts. Um, originally, Coke was made with sucrose, and then they shifted the recipe to high fructose corn syrup, and that made it no longer kosher for Passover. Oh. So a rabbi petitioned Coca-Cola, and they reverted to a sucrose version for Passover with the yellow cap. That's really neat. Yeah. Good well call. done, Colin. Yeah, Colin. yeah great job. I'm here. here I am sitting here. There's no co- corn and Coke. <laughs> Of course there is. Colin uh, showed Corn us. and everything. <laughs> uh, well, it looks like uh, the first half of the second round here. The scores are basically the same, the difference here. Uh, we have uh, Don't Shrink Me Bro picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 90, and Freud and Furious also picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 100. So still a 10-point game. All right, question six, the refreshing drink. Prior to the outbreak of the Second World War, Coca-Cola's only unqualified success on the international scene was a bottling operation in Nazi Germany. Sales records were being set year after year in that venue, but by 1939, they had 43 bottling plants and more than 600 local distributors in Germany. However, with the war looming, obtaining the key ingredients necessary for the production became increasingly difficult in Germany, which made production much more difficult. What soft drink was developed during the Second World War when Coca-Cola couldn't get their syrup from USA to Germany. We're locked in. All right. So you may recall Jeff uh, mentioned something. It may or may not 
be in the recording, but he mentioned that Fanta was German and I didn't really need that hint because I knew that and I do remember that Fanta was like a product of Nazi Germany. So do you want to say Fanta? I do. Um, now do you want a Fanta I, I after do, learning all that? I don't want to. Why? Admit that I think you're right. We said Fanta. Points for both teams. It's Fanta. Yeah, I actually told Neil this during the break, during our discussion uh, for the Orange Crush thing. So, Not this time, but sometimes uh, Jeff's uh, elocution. What, what's the word? Elocution? Elocution sure. of additional information. Bites him in the ass. Bites him in the ass, which is great. That is true, actually. That's happened quite a lot. Uh, and you've also told us about your favorite children's book, The Fanta Toll Booth, <laughs> where kids drive through and they just get Fanta. What about your favorite <laughs> Billy Zane movie, The Fanta? That is it's a really good Fanta, though. <laughs> I have to say, my absolute the Fanta of the opera. All right, let's move on. I was gonna, do the, <laughs> I was gonna do the Fanta thread, but thank you. All right, yeah, good. we're all being Fanta menaces, so let's just continue. Uh, question seven: Not the chief of the Choctaw. The first restaurant of what franchise was founded in Sacramento, California, in 1923 by Roy W. Allen and Frank Wright? They were known for putting their mugs in the freezer before serving their signature drink to customers. Yeah, I'm good with that. I heard Allen and Wright, so it's got to be the famous A&R root beer, right? <laughs> uh, A&W? Yeah. 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 That's it I had. All right. We too said A&W. I have some of these mugs. And they're still uh, cold. That is correct. Keep A&W. on dry eyes. Uh, question eight, America's most misunderstood soft drink. Frosty Dog was the mascot for what soft drink from 1956 all the way to the 60s? Oh, I, I can draw you the logo, but I can't. Draw me the logo. Oh, hold on. Hey, Neil, can I also <laughs> see the logo that you're trying? <laughs> no, I just, it's it's this though, but it's the it's the one we used to, well, maybe not you, but when I played baseball as a kid, we would always go to the batting cages, and I'd get one of these after I went to the batting cage. You just cage. said it was suspended in the 60s. I don't know. You just have to go with something, because my thinking was way off, as the uh, edited portion of this podcast will show, that no one will overhear. Yeah. I'm just going to look up the logo he I thought was. He was talking about Slurpees and, and Icy's, and I think he's... You're thinking of Slush Puppies. Slush Puppy. Oh, my God. That's yes. not even a soft drink, though. I know, but that's what I was thinking. I was Slush Puppies. It's that's a hard what, drink, because it's, it's got icy. ice in it. Yeah. I was on the ice train because Jeff talking about his mugs. Soft drink just means it doesn't have alcohol in it. All right. So what are you guys saying? We're going to say slush puppies. Okay. What do you think? It's Mug? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper? Oh, yeah. he knows it. All oh, right. Okay. Dr. Pepper. Great. I was going to make a joke about salty dogs, but it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Colin has it. It was Dr. Pepper. The game is now tied. It is tied. Yeah. That was, that was a, a bad question for us. Question nine. Pull out all the stops. What was invented in 1891 by William Painter in the United States, making it possible for sodas to be sold anywhere, not just in pharmacies or soda shops? Yeah, I was thinking along those lines. Okay. Something like that. All right. I'm just thinking of the clue and the the, the title. Pull out. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's what it was. Or whatever it was. Anyway, we're, we're locked in. I'll bleep that. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking if you're pulling out all the stops... The stops are usually corks, yep. and now since we're pulling them out, we're replacing them with bottle caps. What do you think That's about exactly that? exactly what I was thinking. Bottle caps, and not the candy. We also thought bottle caps as well. No, the candy would make a terrible pop stopper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's bottle caps, also known as the crown cork, crown seal, or crown cap. Points for both teams. You ever see anybody remove a bottle cap with their teeth? And think... That would. guy's got messed up teeth. Dental bills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, last question, round two. From the Zingabratia family, what plant-based flavoring or ingredient, still popular in soft drinks today, has been used in med- medical drinks for centuries? It was one of the first spices to have been exported from Asia, arriving in Europe with the spice trade. It was used by ancient Greeks and Romans, and although popular in folk music, although popular in folk medicine, there, it is there's no good evidence that it has 
any effect on human health or as a treatment for disease. I was trying to think of things that are in soda. Sometimes they always promote like, oh, it's, it has this, but and maybe those. I was just thinking of, like he said, the trade from China. Oh, okay. That I like as an answer if you want to go with that. Okay. This, I no, I'm, I, but I'm, I like that enough that it's a half-decent guess. Okay. We don't like this, but we like that, which means we're going to lock in with our answer. Okay. Uh, Colin, I think this is the root beer flavoring. Would you agree with that, or are you thinking something else? I was thinking ginger. Ginger. When I said brute, I don't know, not really spice, but that's kind of what I was. That's not bad towards. either. I think ginger does have some, like, actual medical ones. qualities. Um, I know when I'm nauseous, I chew ginger gum sometimes, and it helps. You're always chewing ginger gum while we're recording. Is there a reason for that, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't just don't just say something and then go, Jamie. Quit trying to analyze me, bro. Um, I would I would I, would, I think it's because I've heard that the 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 root beer flavoring is is um, medicinal, but not you know really. So is it sarsaparilla? Is it what's it called? Sassafras. Sassafras. That's it. I it's think fun it's to sassafras. say. So, yeah. I think it's sassafras. Isn't that what the dog says in like those old sucker, cartoons? No, like Succotash. It's a cat. The you, cat. Do you like do you like sassafras? Um, as an answer? Okay. Um yes. You're, you're good with it. If it's ginger, I'll I'll uh you know, repent. Jeff wrote sarsaparilla, uh and but when I heard the trade from China uh and whatnot, I wrote down ginger and we both looked at it and we're like, we maybe ginger makes sense. There's a lot of sodas that have ginger in it. Well, and if you were brewing it, it could be a ginger ale. So Correct. So we said ginger. So I want to see some repenting because it, uh, it is indeed ginger. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will bring the cat of nine tails to the studio. Don't ask me why I have one. You cooking up crow for me? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I do think there's a lot of tradition and like folk stuff around ginger, but I don't think there's hard evidence that I know of at this okay, point. Okay, that's fair for medicinal. I, I mean, it tastes good. You could. I it mean, it makes me feel good. good. Makes yeah. my tummy feel nice. I mean, I, I I have mints for the same reason. I mean, it's just a you know. The only certainty in health benefits benefits is that the only ginger that that you know makes you feel good when you hear the music is ginger Jerry, spice. Jerry ginger spice from Jerry yeah. Hollowell. There it is. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, so I used looks... to feel good watching Ginger on uh, Gilligan's Island. Well, there you go, too. <laughs> Another Ginger. <laughs> Another Ginger Ginger. <laughs> All right. After regulation here, it looks like Don't Shrink Me Bro uh, almost was perfect in that uh, final five there uh, without Ken repenting now. But uh, they picked up 40 points, bringing their total to 130. And uh, Freud and Furious uh, taking the lead once more by 10 points by picking up uh, 40 points in the second half there, bringing their total to 140 so it is 140 to 130 and as neil always says it's anybody's game but for once it is so (laughs) what are our final round categories so uh breaking tradition there is one final round category unless you want the question names no that's fine that works for me all right final round questions will all fall under the category of kick astronomy i thought it was gonna be soda Okay, we heard the final round category for all five questions, kick astronomy, uh, and our wagers are locked in. So let's hear those questions, Jamie. All right, question one, shields up. A hypergiant with a radius around 1,700 times larger than our sun, first cataloged in 1860 by German astronomers at the Bonn Observatory, it was the 38th very variable star in a constellation whose name is Latin for shield. The name is derived from that constellation. What is the name of the largest star in the universe? Known. Question two. Sabe Copenge? There are five officially recognized dwarf planets in our solar system. All but one are in the outer solar system. What is that one, and where is it located? Question three, the lonely planets. What are the only two planets in our solar system with no moons? Question four, bring me my cup of ambrosia. What is the largest moon in our solar system? Hint, it is named for a hero of Greek mythology from Troy who is described 
as the most beautiful of mortals who was abducted by the gods to serve as Zeus's cupbearer in Olympia in, in Olympus. He became the symbol for homosexual love. For a bonus five points, what planet does that moon orbit? Question five. Get back in line. What was unusual about the configuration of our solar system from 1978 to 1999? Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And we are back with our answers. Um... We, we'll see what happens. We bet 25s all the way down. The opposite team bet zeros all the way down. So it's up to us not to uh, destroy ourselves. So let's get the questions one more time, see how we did. All right. A hypergiant with a radius around 1,700 times larger than the sun, first cataloged in 1860 by German astronomers at the Bonn Observatory. It was the 38th variable star of a constellation whose name is Latin for shield. And the name is derived from that constellation. What is the largest known star in the universe? All right, I'll let Colin take this one so I don't have to accidentally bleep it. <laughs> uh, funny fact, that's why I remember the word. Um, the only thing I remember uh, from this is I know Latin for shield is scutum or scutum. Um, but I don't know if that's the name of the star as well. All right, so that's what we said. Yeah, I... I know there's a couple, and I think there's a couple different maybe types of shield because I think Cephei, C-E-P-H-E-I, something like that. Um, there's there's a couple Mu Cephei, and I think VV Cephei A is the one that we locked in with is the largest, but it's hard to know by you know solar mass or size. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to call colon uh, close enough. It's actually Scuti is the name of the star Ooh. derived from the Latin. It's U-Y Scuti. Okay, so far so good. I was totally off. Good thing we didn't bet anything. Question two, Sabe Kobenke. There are five officially recognized dwarf planets in our solar system. All but one are in the outer solar system. Which one and where is it located? Uh, yep, again, for no points, I'm pretty sure this is Ceres and it's located in the asteroid belt. And for you, Colin? Uh, also had Ceres. And in, in, in the Kuiper belt? Kuiper belt, yeah. Uh, so it is Ceres, and it's in the asteroid belt. Oh, that's different, right? Asteroid and Kuiper belt. Yeah, asteroid is between uh, Mars and Jupiter. Kuiper belt is beyond Neptune. All right, so that's that's a that's a fail for the question. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ca call that one wrong. Okay. Uh, question three: What are the only two planets in our solar system without moons? 
Uh, for this one, uh, for 25 points again, we said Mercury and Venus. Uh, yeah, we know about Moon Moon, Phobos and Deimos on Mars, and beyond there's too many to count, so we said Mercury and Venus. Uh, so points and no points, uh, Mercury and Venus. I'm counting this as plus zero, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Question four, bring me my cup of ambrosia. What is the largest moon in our solar system? Hint, it is named for the hero of Greek mythology from Troy, who is described as the most beautiful of mortals, abducted by the gods to serve as Zeus's cup bearer in Olympus, and became the symbol for homosexual love. For a bonus five points for either team, what planet does it orbit? Yeah, for this one, we said Ganymede and Jupiter. We too said Ganymede and Jupiter. Which makes sense as the cup bearer. Uh, that is, yep. Yeah. And that's correct all around. All right. So you guys get the plus five points and we get our full points. Nice. And final question. Get back in the line. What was unusual about the configuration of the solar system from 78 to 1999? Yeah, we didn't really know how to answer this one. Um, so we just said the shape of the ellipse was changed somehow. Um, our guess was Pluto was still considered a planet at that time, and Pluto was closer to the sun than Neptune, so we just said that. <laughs> so that is uh, plus zero for Freud and the Furious. Um, Pluto has a irregular orbit, and it was briefly closer to the sun than Neptune. All right, after the final round, it looks like uh, Freud and Furious uh, is only going to be picking up those five bonus points as we bet zero all the way down, bringing our total to 145 but uh, Don't Shrink Me Bro picking up 25 points plus the five-point bonus, bringing their total to 160, making them today's cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Colin, yes. It was all you in that final. Even the ones I knew you had to walk me to. So. <laughs> I don't even feel like it was just the final. I mean, I don't, I don't feel bad for losing. I mean, I, I didn't know the scrotal star or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scrotal? <laughs> Scotty. Oh, sorry. Fred on the brain. Um, and uh, the, the, the answer with the yellow tabs, I was just like, you had some excellent pulls, you know? So you were, a, you were a very worthy opponent. And wonderful questions, too. And what about me? <laughs> and you carried Ken well. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Can carry the entire first round, so uh, I'm happy to contribute later. Just, oh, good job. Just that, was, that was a great game. It was a good team effort, you guys. So, Kyle, and, yeah, and uh, great questions from Jamie. Wonderful questions from Jamie. Thank you for putting this game together. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Uh, so, well, we'll start with you, Jamie. Um, uh, any, you know, shout outs, uh, any, uh, anything you'd like to say, anyone you'd like to say hello to, the floor is yours. Thank you. So, shout out to my son, Carter, who helped me with the pop quiz questions. Hi, Carter. Great job. And... Thank you. Uh, and then uh, shout out to Chris and Brian, who are usually my trivia partners. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. And Colin, uh, you told us during the recording uh, off air that uh, the release of this episode is around some pretty special events. So uh, any uh, last shout outs from you? Yeah, uh, I think this is supposed to come out right around my birthday and my graduation. So it's going to be an eventful couple of days. Congrats um, to you. Yeah, and Thank certainly you. this is the most important of the highlights yeah, there. The most yeah. important of the three. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the last one, so I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, is that how that works? Yeah. I think so. And, and I was definitely the best kid at sports because I right? always got picked last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also a special shout out to my wife, Laura, for letting me have some nice t quiet time in the office. And uh, yeah, and uh Shout out to my trivia team, Brontesaurus. Brontesaurus. I love it. Great name. It's one of the Bronte boys. Uh, well, you're both uh, patrons, which we very much appreciate. So thank you to uh, both of you and all of our patrons. Uh, if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Uh, and on behalf of all of us, thank you both for uh, all the great work you do teaching uh, and also helping people, Jamie. So thank you for um, spending some time uh, with us today. And uh, Matt, we hope uh, the coffee you're serving up in the air um is uh is hot and boom, boom. yes what's that that's the, the oh that's they the, the seatbelt oh right matt never wears a seatbelt though that's what we've learned uh maybe not i'm just slandering him in the jump seat in the jump seat but uh thank you uh to everyone for listening uh thank you to jamie and colin thank you to uh ken jeff and matt my name is neil and that was triviality
but there was no sequel to Vertigo, so yeah. Vertigo 2. Vertigoer. Vertigoer. <laughs> um, well, I'm afraid of heights. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> the thing that's killing me is the TV show. Spider movie. The what? It said in the second Vertigo, he's afraid of spiders. Yeah, right. It's a giant spider movie. That's why it's <laughs> Little known fact, Arachnophobia is a sequel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that in the theaters, and that one creeped me out. Oh, it's there. <laughs> Too many legs. Uh, mandibles are... <laughs> can we can we can I say it one more time? I just imagine Jimmy Stewart counting to eight on his on his fingers like so many legs. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that I want to see that movie now? I'd love to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. Vertigo two. Erect. All right. From the- <laughs>